Hello again everybody, Randy Weddle here with Creation Anew. I'm so glad that you're with me on the podcast today. Hey, just to kind of recap some things, um, the reason why um, Creation Anew is doing a podcast is to be able to lay out the claims of Jesus Christ. Those claims are found in the Bible. And to be able to challenge believers with those claims so that they will grow and to also challenge non-believers so they will take an honest look at the Bible. So that's why we're here. Um, I try to bring up various topics because I want to try to put everything and look at everything, actually just look at everything through the lens of Scripture. And the reason why I look at everything through the lens of Scripture is because the Bible talks about a man by the name of Jesus Christ who lived a sinless life, which that's unusual, that he died, and he claimed that when he died, his death paid for the sins of all the world, which is also very unusual. And we could throw all of this uh, away except for the fact that this man, after he died, this man named Jesus, after he died, three days later, life came back into his body and he rose from the grave. So when you have a a claim like that, an account like that, it merits your attention. And we have talked uh, about the evidence um, that Jesus actually did rise from the dead. The reason why I look at everything through the lens of Scripture is because Jesus rising from the dead means that he is God. He is the supreme being. He is is the one to whom uh, I am accountable and the one uh, to whom I owe honor. So when you look at the claims of of the Bible and you see this, I would dare say, you know, tremendously unique story, um, then you have to look at it. And after looking at it, I, I am convinced that the evidence shows that Jesus did rise from the dead and that his scripture, his word, is the rule of our life. So that's why I look at everything through the lens of Scripture. So what are we going to talk about today? What are we going to put through and and see uh, in, in our Scripture lens? Well, what I want to talk about today is self-defense. Now this is a hot topic and if you uh, are listening and you are in the United States, you know about this debate that's been going on, this battle that's been going on um, of ideas. And it's a battle of ideas that, that on one side says, you know, people have the right to defend themselves. We even, in our government, set up um, um, the, the, the ability to defend ourselves. And they have, we have people on one side that say we need to defend ourselves. We have people on, other, on another side that say we don't have the right to defend ourselves. And they're battling. Now what this comes down to, and, and I think it, it becomes too narrow 
what this comes down to is the, the debate between should we have guns or should we not have guns. I, I think we need to expand it out. Is the right to self-defense a good... Is it an actual right? I, I mean, is it something that we as human beings are okay to do? Are we okay to defend ourselves? Is, is the idea of self-defense a biblical idea? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, um, let me just say off the bat that this isn't a debate over guns. It is a debate, or it isn't even a debate. It's, it's me talking to you. Um, this isn't we're not going to talk about you know does the does the Bible say anything about guns or does it condone guns um, because the Bible doesn't say anything about firearms but it does have things to say about self-defense so that's what we're going to look at and I think that we need to expand our our horizon when we talk about self-defense to not just talk about guns let me give you an example. My dad was a military police officer in the Navy. And um, two things. He, he said there's one part of the body that it doesn't matter what size you are. If he could get a hold of that part of the body, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into details. Um, if you could get a hold of that part of the body, you could pretty much take the biggest man and make him do whatever you wanted him to do. Well that could be an aspect of self-defense. Now, something else my dad was taught um, was uh, how, to, how to kill somebody with a rolled-up magazine. And um, I say this because self-defense isn't just about firearms. It's not just about guns. So, I mean, you can defend yourself with a baseball bat, um, a, a computer, you know, a, a laptop computer, a book. Uh, you can defend yourself with many, many things. So we're not going to talk about guns. We're going to talk about self-defense. And does the Bible condone self-defense? Now, the only way that I know to answer this is to go to scripture. So let's go to scripture. And there are a couple of things when you look at scripture there are there are you know absolute truths where the Bible is very very clear and it gives you some details. And there are other parts where you can look and you can get an implication. The Bible will imply a truth. And you need to be able to look at both of those. So some of this may come into play as we look at the idea of self-defense and the Bible. So let's start in Exodus chapter 22, verses 2 and 3. Exodus 22, verses 2 and 3. Actually, let me read one, uh, verse 1 as well. Exodus 22, um, verses 1, 2, and 3. If a man steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it and or sells it, he shall pay five oxen for the ox and four sheep for the sheep. So we're talking about someone stealing. Verse 2. If the thief 
is caught while breaking in and is struck so that he dies. There will be no blood guiltiness on his account. But if the sun has risen on him, there will be blood guiltiness on his account. He shall surely make restitution. If he owns nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. Alright, so we're talking about the idea of, of a thief. And verse 1 talks about, you know, if a thief is, is, uh, is stealing, and, and, you know, an idea of currency in Moses' time would surely be livestock. Um, with livestock you could eat, you could sell it, you know, you could make more livestock. That was, that was, that was income. And if someone is stealing livestock, first of all, there is restitution. If the person gets caught, he needs to restore what he stole. And, and in the Mosaic Law, it, it spells it out right there in verse 1. But verse 2 is really the, the crux. And it brings us to the answer straight up of whether the Bible condones self-defense. And it says, if, that, if the thief is caught while breaking in and is struck so that he dies. So let's stop right there for just a moment. So you have a thief that's breaking in. Uh, and perhaps he's either uh, he's breaking in the context sounds like he would be breaking in to steal some livestock if he gets struck so that he dies well okay who would be doing the striking well I would say that it would be the homeowner the owner of of the sheep and the ox if he is struck so that he dies the Bible says there will be no blood guiltiness on his account so if there was a homeowner that sees somebody stealing some livestock and you could expand this out to say stealing any kind of you know property then if the homeowner struck the thief and the thief expires well, the Bible says the homeowner is not guilty of any wrongdoing. Let that sink in for just a moment. Now, some of you that are listening, this is not really a shock. Uh, some of you will say, well, of course. And with that, what you're doing is you are that you've got a homeowner who is defending his property or her property. And the Bible condones self-defense meaning I'm protecting my stuff and and says that if if a thief dies while stealing something there is no penalty there is the homeowner would not be guilty of any crime or any sin does that strike you as funny? Well, for some people it might. And some people might say, well, you know, that, that's, it's just not a Christian thing to do to, to kill somebody or to take their life in order to defend yourself. But what we have here is we have in the Mosaic Law 
and I would dare say a a precept or or a, an idea that's biblical and that is you defend yourself and your property now obviously property is not as important as people but here we see if you're defending your property and and the 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 thief dies then you're not guilty now let's go on because here is the other aspect of this the other aspect is found in verse 3 it says but if the sun has risen on him there will be blood guiltiness on his account so let's put this in the context here we're talking about a thief that comes in the homeowner or uh, the owner of the property sees the thief he strikes the thief the thief expires dies and there would be no charges brought up against the homeowner but God says if the sun has risen on him now when do thieves usually break in and steal well we normally think of thieves breaking in and stealing at night so if there's time after the crime in other words that's what the Bible means here by if the sun has risen on him so if the time period is passed he has stolen something and the homeowner goes out and hunts this man down or hunts the thief down then there's blood guiltiness it says but if the sun has risen on him there will be blood guiltiness on his account and then it goes on to say he shall surely make restitution if he owns nothing then he so he shall be sold for his theft but again the idea here is an owner of property has the right to defend what's his he has the right to self-defense according to the Bible what he doesn't have the right to is revenge and that's what we need to understand you see this is talking about property what about if we're talking about a human being what if someone came in at night and decided to steal a family member of yours or if they decided to to try to kill that family member well if if in if caught in the act of stealing a piece of property a thief can rightly die at the hands of a homeowner what do you think God would say if that person came in to harm or to steal a human being well it would be obvious the homeowner would have the right to defend in fact the person who's being stolen or the person who is whose life is being threatened would have the right to defend his or herself now, that's a biblical concept now I'm not just necessarily taking this from one area we can go on to Deuteronomy 22 23 through 27 so let's do that Deuteronomy 22 23 through 27 Deuteronomy 22 23 through 27 let's read this if there is a girl who is a virgin engaged to a man 
and another man finds her in the city and lies with her then you shall bring them both out to the gate of that city and you shall stone them to death the girl because she is not or because she did not cry out in the city and the man because he has violated his neighbor's wife thus you shall purge the evil from among you my Bible just flipped over here hold on okay verse 25 but if in the field the man finds the girl who is engaged and the man forces her and lies with her then only the man who lies with her shall die but you shall do nothing to the girl there is no sin in the girl worthy of death for just as a man rises against his neighbor and murders him so is this case okay verse 27 says when he found her in the field the engaged girl cried out but there was no one to save her so what is this talking about well I wanted to give you some context here but it starts off and it says listen if you've got a woman who is engaged she has not had sex but she is engaged and she is around other people it says in the city and this man comes in and lies with her then both the woman and the man are guilty of immorality and it goes on it says but if a girl is in the field in other words she's in a remote area maybe not people around maybe there are, are no people around to be able to to see or to witness this crime and this girl gets violated then it's only the man who is to be punished well, what is this talking about what's well, the idea of of allowing someone to do something to you or fighting them back so if you're if you're in a in a a place where other people could hear and a woman is attacked what do you think she's naturally going to do she's going to cry out right yeah ask for help she's going to fight if she doesn't do that there's an implication that she is guilty so in other words if you didn't fight back if you were a woman you're attacked you didn't fight back the the implication under mosaic law would be that you wanted to have sex with this man because if there are people around and you don't cry out you don't fight back well it can be assumed that you weren't really being attacked as much as you were just having sex with someone that you weren't supposed to have sex with but if you're alone and there's no one there to help you the assumption is that you've been attacked what's the underlying current here well the underlying current is if you are the victim of a crime then you have the right to fight back you have the right to cry out 
you have the right to punch and kick and yell and hurt the person that's attacking you and if you didn't do that it could be assumed that maybe you weren't really a victim you were an accomplice now I certainly understand that there are times whenever we may not be able to fight back but this this example here gives us an, another example of self-defense if a woman is by herself or with other people she can defend herself and in this case her weapon would be her voice see again with self-defense we need to go beyond firearms we need to go beyond you know what we think is a weapon again if you have an ink pen you can do a lot of damage to somebody so here again we see this idea that it's okay that it is a good thing to do to defend yourself okay now I understand and and I would say that scripture would also give leeway that there are times when you may not be able to defend yourself okay and 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 that that's understandable but if you have the ability to do it then you're not doing anything wrong by defending yourself in other words the bible is condoning self-defense okay so we've gone through a couple of examples here and um what I want to what I want to do is I want to go down to some verses because some people will say, well, you know, maybe that's for Bible times, but uh, um, you know, what about today? Because you know, isn't the New Testament, isn't it all, you, know, isn't it all about love, and and shouldn't we shouldn't we just let people do whatever they want? And some people do have that idea. Well, here's something that I want to read to you from Matthew. It's Matthew 5, verses 38 through 42. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn uh, the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also whoever forces you to go one mile go with him too give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you okay how do we coincide you know how how do we reconcile what jesus says right here in matthew 5 with the ideas that we've seen in the old testament well let me say this the Old Testament is just as much scripture as the New Testament and the words of Jesus here have to reconcile with the words of the Old Testament so if the Old Testament condoned catching somebody in the act of a of a crime and even to the point of maybe you know if you had to end their life in order to end their crime there is no guiltiness I'm gonna to say to you that those 
that precept or that idea goes right along with what Jesus is saying here. Now, in a couple of ways, it goes along. Number one, if we are the victim of a crime, we don't have to, to try to end somebody's life. Okay? We can defend, self defense doesn't mean that somebody has to die. It may mean they're incapacitated. It may mean that they lose their life, but it doesn't have to be. So, the idea of stopping somebody from doing evil isn't, we, we shouldn't automatically jump to ending their life. And we shouldn't have an idea of, or a motivation of revenge. And that's what Jesus is saying here, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. If someone is doing something wrong to you, there may be times when you don't fight back. There may be times when you let them let them take your property. If it meant defending a person in your family, if they want to take your car, give them the car. Okay? You don't have to fight for absolutely everything. And if someone is trying to hurt one of your family members, killing them isn't always the option. You may, again, just stopping them may be good enough. And we go back to that idea again of the thief who is caught, um, who, who is caught in the act of, of stealing. If they're, if they're struck and they're killed, then there is no guiltiness. But what does it say later in Exodus? If the sun has risen, in other words, if there's time that's passed and you go after this person, now you're talking about revenge. You're talking about taking the law into your own hands. And the Bible never, ever condones taking the law into your own hands. And that's the difference. And that's why Jesus can say here, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say, do not resist an evil person. And whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. That's the idea. There may be times when someone gets the upper hand on you. And if you try to say, I'm going to get them back no matter what, and if it takes me, you know, a day, a year, a month, whatever, now you're talking about hunting someone down. And that is never, ever okay. Never. You see, there's a big difference between self-defense and revenge. The Bible condones self-defense, where you're trying to protect life and property. And, uh, you know, let's face it, our property many times can mean a livelihood. Um, property is also like money. Um, so we're protecting the well-being of an individual at the time that that individual is being threatened. Defending in that way has nothing to do with going out and hunting somebody down. Self-defense is condoned in Scripture, but revenge is never condoned in Scripture. Okay, guys, 
That's all I have for you today. Thank you for taking the time with me. Hey, I want to let you know that there are some uh, ways that you can support this podcast. And uh, you can pray. Number one, pray for me. Uh, make sure that, that, that you just pray that I'll stay on track uh, with the truth. And the other way is to let other people know about this podcast. And you can tell other people, encourage them to listen. Um, you can also go to whatever platform. There are several different platforms that you can find Creation Anew. And go to your favorite platform, listen to the podcast, and also like and, and subscribe to it. And that, that will help it as well. If you do want to give a monetary donation to Creation Anew, you can do that. You can go to anchor.fm backslash creation dash anew. And there you'll find a support button. Click that button and you can, uh, you can monetarily support us. So, guys, thank you so much for listening, and I appreciate your time. Until next time, bye-bye.